When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here at Ausbiz. I'm your host, David Scott. Joined today on this October the 5th is Carl Rotterer. Carl, it uh, seems like a rinse and repeat of what we were talking about yesterday. Uh, up and up and uh, Biggest two-day advance for the XJO since March 2020 uh, after a 1.74% bop today. Yeah, you're going to trigger my PS, uh, PTSD there if you keep talking about March 2020. But um, only good news here today. And um, it was a similar fact, I think, for Wall Street, wasn't it, last night? Biggest two-day rally since April 2020. Yeah, so they're, they're so far behind us now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so it's old news. But um, but yeah, e- extraordinary optimism, at least would seem, based on the price action. You always obviously wonder you know, what's driving it and how sustainable it happens to be. But it's uh, hard to argue that it was a good day on the market once again. Yeah. Look, uh, the tech index here locally has put on a lazy 8% in the past two sessions. Uh, mm. Now, part of that's been held by uh, some short covering. As we saw on Wall Street, the uh, the US uh, most shorted index that Refinitiv goes and puts out had a 6.3% pop yesterday. So looking across some of the names on the other uh, local leaderboard, I couldn't help but notice that Square was right up there. Uh, it's got about uh, 10% of its free float Plus, when I last looked, uh, that was short. So maybe a few people uh, feeling a little bit uh, worse for wear today after the rally we're seeing in that particular neighbor. Just looking across some of the individual leaders, just massive gains. Now, Hub24, we know uh, funds under management, so funds under administration, mm-hmm. such an important fact there. Uh, big rebound in the markets. Well, it's a big rebound in its share price as well, up 9.6%. And whilst the RBA is still hiking rates, so uh, you'd almost be forgiven for thinking that they're cutting rates at the moment because <laughs> get this, REA, REA, group, group. REA group up 8.6% today. Talk about betting the house and a property market rebound. Yeah, bellissimo, hey? That's a delicious kind of stuff there for, for REA group. It is. It's funny, isn't it? Like, um, I think there's been a lot of those jokes floating around on social media, right? You know, they they you know hike 25 basis points and everyone's acting as if they've just uh, eased policy or something like that, which I suppose... You know, if you do look at rates markets, in some sense, they, they have with their with their guidance and what they've done. We've certainly seen, you know, yields um, come down and, and um, shorter term rates markets pointing to a, a lower terminal rate. But um, yeah, it's it's quite emphatic. And like, I think the best part of the whole thing is, um, you know, you wake up this morning with, with what happened on Wall Street and everyone's pointing to the RBA as to why, uh, you know, maybe the Fed has a, a, a bigger issue on their hands of trying to control financial conditions. Did you see uh, Steve Sosnick's tweet? Uh, they put out last night. So yeah, he's a he's a friend of the program. They're from Good Interactive friends. Brokers. Uh, goes no, be honest, folks. Uh, how many of you knew what the RBA stood for before last night? Yeah, uh, that's one of those Thanks. things. Thanks, I w- guys. I wonder whether tonight we're going to see a big reversal of fortune because the RBNZ talking about you know, doing a fifty or a seventy-five today. Yeah. Of course, uh, polar opposite to the RBA. 
I, I dare say that we're probably not going to see the same uh, no, optimistic headlines about that, but we might just go and push that to the yeah, side. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't fit the narrative, mate. We're, we're not going to include that. RBNZ, yeah, they're, they're going to tighten into a recession, but um, yeah, no, the RBA has given um, global risk markets the green light, so let's, uh, let's keep going and carry on. Yeah, look, uh, like yesterday, losers few and far between on the local market. Uh, those that don't really did splat high were the lithium space, and uh, I've got to say that yesterday they mooned, to uh, borrow a phrase from uh, March 2020. So maybe, maybe a bit of I know profit taking and certainly a lot of speculative activity in that particular neck of the woods. Uh, one of the other stocks that did really well today, linked to the housing market, was James Hardy. Uh, Macquarie out with a note talking about plenty of buoyancy left in their home builders at this point in time. And so we thought, well, if Macquarie's feeling pretty chipper about it, let's go and ask some of our experts on the call today as to what they thought of James Hardy. So we sat down with Andrew Villant from DP Wealth Advisory and uh, Mark Gardner from Macro Capital to get their views on JHX. Take a listen. So on balance, 76% US, you've got um, sort of all that sort of US exposure, as I just spoke about before, PE versus EPS. I, I think it's a whole. You really need more data to probably to commit to this one at the moment. I think there's there's more than enough, um, you know, solid, safer options out there um, that will yield about the same um, that you can probably pick up at the moment um, and not have to, you know, not have to worry about it. Yep. All right, James Hardy. That's a double hold. Well, there we have it. Uh, double hold. So, yeah, okay. not, not being uh, put up for consideration in the portfolio. No. Not in there at the moment. I uh, had a bit of a rough trot, but uh, certainly after today, we get many more uh, gains coming through like that. Mm. Uh, it'll certainly not be uh, no, in the, the, the war and warrors uh, for too much longer. Uh, let's get to some of the factors I uh, know that drove that uh, no rebound last night, besides the RBA and uh, people finding out exactly what the RBA means. Uh, yeah, Jolt's job, job openings things, in the yeah. States. Uh, yeah. Really volatile on the best of times. That's got to be said first and foremost. Uh, it's a pretty definitive survey though, and a more than one million drop in advertisements coming through there. Uh, interesting. Do, uh, yeah. do, do you think it's a sign that no things are softening up, or do you think it maybe that uh, some firms are just getting to the point where it's like, yeah, you know what, we've had this job advertised for such a long period of time, uh, this vacancy, we're just going to go and just get rid of it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it kind of, th- th- there's two weird things going on in uh, the US labor market, it would seem, that kind of, I guess, differs a little bit from what's happening in Australia. Um, one is that we're, you know, perhaps starting to see job openings um, decrease. We're also starting to see participation rate pick up again in the United States just slightly as well. So, mm. you know, some of that weird post-pandemic, um, di- you know, behavior where, you know, the hiring was going through the roof and at the same time there was a major shortage of workers perhaps diminishing just a little bit. I don't know, maybe people's investment portfolios aren't uh, able to support their lifestyles anymore or their crypto gains, I'm not too sure. But um, it, it certainly adds, I guess, you know, again, like you said, part of it was the RBA story and everyone was, you know, jumping on that. But, you know, the other the other part of the narrative last night was that maybe the tightness in the labour market is, uh, well, loosening, I guess you could say, which makes the uh, life of the Fed a little bit easier. Yeah, tonight is a massive night when it comes to uh, the, the rhetoric and the, uh, the narrative that's been written right now. The uh, ISM services PMI is going to be a big one in the States. Uh, we know about the good side of the equation. I've been banging on for, uh, for a while about, now we know that the demand for goods is softening and it's been softening for a while now. Uh, we've seen commodity prices have come off the ball and whatnot, but it really comes down to what happens in the services side of economies now in developed markets. That's going to be the real key to uh, what happens to future policy movements uh, from central banks 
Uh, we'll keep a close eye on the prices paid and the employment section there and new orders. If there's no sign of a slowdown or, uh, or, or no real uh, easing in price pressures, uh, a lot of that uh, you know, euphoria that we saw early in the week might come to an end. But uh, conversely, if it uh, does confirm that the trends we saw on the manufacturing side of the, uh, the equation, then we might be off to the races even before that uh, non-fund payroll support. Yeah, apparently risk on if uh, if we head into recession because they can they can cut quicker, which the markets are pricing back in once again. Yeah, about thirty five basis points now just keeps adding each uh, each day we come in. That's uh, you know a bit more priced in, even though the Fed is telling us that uh, they're going to go and uh, do that. So yeah, there's a bit of tension building there. Maybe the Fed will go and correct market pricing as we've seen on a couple of occasions. Uh, let's go to some of the uh, great conversations on the other uh, program today. As always, a plethora to go and choose from. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a chat with Mark Whitaker from Investors Mutual on the small caps. Uh, look, uh, if you're in the market for some stocks that have had a uh, bit of, uh, no, not, I wouldn't say turmoil, but uh, certainly not outperformed the market recently. But uh, no, from a, a cyclical perspective, more likely to go and ride out through downturns than other stocks. So maybe generate a bit of alpha. Uh, he came up with three stocks to go and keep a close eye on that space, no, not linked to any particular industries as well. So uh, well worth your while. Also, I had a chat with uh, Evan Lucas from InvestSmart. Uh, every single guest I had on the program today said that you cannot go and take what happened with the RBA yesterday and go and apply it to what we'll see with other central banks, as we found out firsthand today with the RBNZ. Did you get similar conversations with what you had? In that search? Um, probably didn't touch on it particularly much, but it was certainly um, certainly a, a, a theme that came through that, you know, this is meaningless. And I mean, it just it, it, it appeals to my prize anyway that, um, you know, most short-term price action is just sort of storytelling and speculation anyway and sort of, I suppose, reflexive moves in the market. So, I mean, I don't think anyone in their right mind would think that uh, what the RBA has done is any kind of omen for any other central bank, with the exception of maybe the RBNZ, which did their own thing today anyway. Um, so I think um, I think that story uh, will, will disappear out into the digital ether pretty quickly. Yeah, I can tell you that I uh, know we had uh, Jamison Coombs, uh, St. George economist, on the uh, big picture today, and uh, he was like, uh, uh, don't go and uh, extrapolate RBA movements across other central banks. Uh, not likely to go and, uh, and serve you well as an investor. Uh, look, uh, talking of investors, uh, you had uh, Brendan Paul, uh, Atrium Investment, made his run on debut uh, on mm-hmm. Ausbiz today. Uh, what was his sense? He runs money. He's uh, got to run a portfolio. What's uh, what's his take? Yeah, I was uh, I was loaded with smart people at the back end of the the day today. I mean, we spoke very much generally just about the policy landscape and how difficult it was to try and um, be an asset asset allocator in this environment. But he had some really interesting insights into how to get diversification into your portfolio. He spoke a little bit about the old sixty forty thing and the debate there that you know maybe now is the time that uh, mm. to to sort of I guess reallocate a little bit to that sort of sixty forty uh, situation. Um, but he also spoke about just alternatives and other areas of the market that can try and generate alpha. And, you know, it comes back to another theme that I think we've been talking about a lot too, which might be right, might be wrong, uh, but that, you know, time for passive investing, you know, that like that, that dominated pre-pandemic, you know, may not persist in this new world and that uh, you have to be an active manager and uh, active managers will be rewarded, rewarded handsomely. Uh, those ones, that, of course, that can uh, t- t- get things right. Yeah. All about uh, generating that alpha, of course. It's a uh, no tricky environment, but if you get the calls right and get them out early, uh, yeah, you can make a lot of money quickly, as we're seeing with some of the movements on the market today. Uh, look, uh, we've touched upon uh, what's coming up. I uh, know that non-farm payroll support as well is looming large in the, the uh, distance here on Friday. So we might go and leave it there, see if we can go and make it three days in a row of big boppers. I uh, know the benchmark, yeah, having an absolute don't know, great time at, at the moment just to go and recap up around about 1.7% today. It's gone from you know, testing multi-year lows on Monday 
to hit sitting at fresh three-week highs today. Just tells you how volatile these markets have been recently. Look, uh, Carl, pleasure as always. We'll, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. See you.